Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, everybody. It's me, Adam, here with some exciting news. The Adam Ruins Everything podcast has been nominated for a Webby Award. That's an award given to websites and also podcasts. Huge thanks to you, our listeners, and podcast producers Max Fun and Shara Morris for making our podcast not one to miss, and now we need your votes. Go to vote.webbyawards.com and search Adam Ruins Everything or find our category, Podcasts and Digital Audio, Science and Education, and cast your vote. You can vote through April 20th, so vote, spread the word, and help us win a big metal spring! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Adam Ruins Everything, the podcast. I am your host, Adam Conover. I am also the host of a show on True TV called Adam Ruins Everything. Uh, we are currently in our off-season, but you can find clips and full episodes of that show at truetv.com slash Everything and the Watch True TV app. But in the meantime, you can listen to this podcast right now. Here's what we're going to do. On the TV show, I talk to incredible experts from the world of science, journalism, everything else for just a short period of time. On this show, I get to talk to them for way, way longer. And frankly, it's my favorite thing to do because guess what? Experts are fascinating. Did you guys realize that? If a person who spent like their whole life learning about one thing, if you have any level of curiosity in that thing, you're going to want to talk to them and hear what they have to say. They're like, honestly, if you are ever bored, talk to an expert. That's my advice. Like, just go just go out and find one. There's one in your world right now. There's someone in your life who knows a lot about something who you haven't spoken to in a little while. And you know what I mean? You guys uh, follow what I'm saying? And ask them what ask them what they know about that you don't. I'm hyperventilating because I'm getting so excited to talk to experts about fascinating topics. All right. <laughs> but which one are we going to talk to on this show? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. His name is Roy Simon. He appeared on our Adam Ruins housing episode to talk about Airbnb. Roy researches housing issues at Lane, the Los Angeles Alliance for a New Economy in Adam Ruins Housing. We talked about the dark side of Airbnb, the way in which, look, Airbnb is a wonderful service, but it actually has some negative effects on our neighborhoods and on housing prices in this country. And by the way, I don't know if you guys have heard, we're going through a nationwide housing crisis right now. And it's a really complicated issue, but a really interesting one and one I've always been fascinated by. So I'm really excited to have Roy on the show and for you guys to hear his perspective. So let's just jump right into it. Hey, well, Roy, thank you so much for for coming in to do the podcast sure. and to do the show. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be back. You dan- we had you dangle out of a fake window <laughs> on the TV right. show. I made it. I'm here, <laughs> still in one piece. <laughs> you had one of my it, a classic, I think, expert exit on the show, which is that we had you pretend to fall and go, ah! <laughs> which is just that, that that's yes. like. That's what really gets me going is is when we can make an expert do something truly stupid that's just borderline comedy. It was right on the cusp. <laughs> <laughs> it was also hot out. You were stuck outside. I really appreciate you were very patient on that day. I got I got well powdered though. <laughs> the lady kept me 
kept me <laughs> blushed and nice. So yeah, good. yeah. One of, one of the real pleasures of the show is getting to see uh, a makeup put on academics and scholars <laughs> and advocates, and just to see their their faces aren't powdered. And it's interesting to see it happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so tell me a little bit about uh, about Lane and and what what you guys do generally, sure. or what you do more specifically. Yeah. So so Lane has been around for uh, a little over twenty years. What's it stand for? The Los Angeles Alliance for a New Economy. Uh, oh. So we've been around for about 20 years. We, uh, you know, we do research, advocacy, organizing, communications work, uh, really all about, um, you know, raising up working families and making sure that, you know, the folks that kind of make our cities tick uh, are able to make ends meet. And, okay. and so what I do is uh, I'm a researcher and uh, I've been looking into uh, the short term rental industry, which is... Uh, this phenomenon that has uh, really swept, uh, you know, from coast to coast, uh, and it, from what we have, you know, determined in our work, uh, it is making it harder to uh, make ends meet here in the city of LA. So that's really interesting because, you know, obviously that's been a huge revolution. Uh, Airbnb and the other, you know, the other sites. Uh, what do you VRBO yep. or there others? Yep. There, uh, there are others. There's like a, you know, a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I guess we can call them ankle biters, right? They've got like five, <laughs> ten listings, but but it yeah. is like this kind of cottage industry, right? Yeah. These these little guys are springing up; they're trying to trying to get a piece. And so that's been like a, a revolution in in every city. It's been as big as ride sharing, where mm-hmm. you know ri- ride sharing sort of transforms just getting around a city, and then the, but those short term rentals transform a when you're traveling, and then b now so many people are renting out that's a right. piece of their a piece of their home, and uh, you know I've got multiple friends who who you mm-hmm. know, do Airbnb. It's like it, so it seems so entrepreneurial um, and like oh everyone's got a way to make a little bit of extra money. It seems such a like such a win win, and that's often mm-hmm. how it's presented, right? Like sure. the, the the person staying gets to stay in a nice home, and then the person there gets to you know the person renting it out gets to make a little cash. Why, in your view, would it uh, make it harder to make ends meet? Sure. Well, so I mean, it's a great idea in theory. It's it's like a lovely concept, right? You get to kind of live the life of a local for a little bit uh, while you're traveling. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, when we're in a situation uh, as we are in many cities where there just aren't enough rental units to go around. We don't have a. We haven't been keeping up with the demand, uh, so there's low vacancy, and and you're taking units off the market. Um, it's kind of a supply and demand question. You you have less of something, and the price of whatever's left over has to go up. And so, uh, you know, it, it is kind of the 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 twist to the whole thing that that for the individual person they might be making some extra money. But the effect is that they're actually raising the prices for kind of everybody around them, and so that's kind of the the central problem uh, with uh, with these things. Well, so I know that L.A. is in a horrible, you know, has a horrible housing market and, and you know, is I think by some measures has the worst rental market in the in the country. Uh, it's really funny when I have conversations with, with, you know, I moved here from New York and I have mm-hmm. conversations with friends from New York and they go like, oh, yeah, I got to move to L.A. It's so much cheaper out there. And I'm like, it's not. It's the most expensive rental market in the country and yeah. you need to buy a car. You can't okay. get around in a metro car. That's right. And then they blank for a second and then they go, but you get so much more Space and I'm like, wait a second, that's a different yes. argument. Yes, that's a different space. Question. Is it, you, the cost of living is the cost of living. Space is a perk. Oh, you know, we all love to have it, but now you're talking about something different. Um, right. uh, so I, I understand that about about Los Angeles, but can you explain how Airbnb would cause the the rental prices overall to go? Up? Sure. Yeah. So what we found, and and so look, I, I want to be clear. Like when you are setting a rental price. That's a really complicated thing, and you know we have never said that rents are high in LA just because of Airbnb. There's a lot of problems in the city, right? That's that's an understatement. But 
when you go to a neighborhood like Venice or, or Hollywood or, you know, some of these real uh, hot areas with a very tight rental market, you know, uh, you don't have enough to go around as it is for people that live here. And then you create an incentive uh, to move units off the market. You can make a lot more money renting out your unit on Airbnb on a nightly basis to a tourist than than you could to a, a tenant. And, uh, you know, some of the recent work that we've done looks at kind of how many nights it would take to break even. So, uh, you know, what we found for, in, for the landlord, for, for the, the landlord, for the owner of the rental unit, the guy, the guy or gal who owns that's the building. Right. Yeah. That's right. So how many nights until they start making more money than than an average rent? And so what we found is it's about 83 nights a year. You can that's where you start making more money on Airbnb than renting. So a unit can sit there vacant for most of the year. Uh, for three fourths of the year, uh, and uh, the person can still make it as much, right? Oh, make... so so you're saying that uh, putting it on Airbnb for 83 days, and then the other what 10 months, 10, 10 right. nine months of the year, it's vacant. That earns as much money as one 365 day rental tenant. Yep. Wow. Plus, plus you don't have to worry about the tenant where you know complaining about you know leaky faucets and my my this sure. and that. You know all the all the stuff, all the upkeep. Uh, you know because travelers don't tend to really. Uh, be too concerned with that sort of yeah. thing. So. so, so it kind of, I guess, in your view, turns this uh, this commodity that uh, was previously exclusively used by rent by renters. Mm-hmm. This one sort of customer who also is the exact type of customer who you know there's a societal need to have used that for that purpose. But now there's another there's another way you can use that box of space that yep. you own that uh, you can rent it out and and uh, to people on Airbnb and make more money and then. Uh, so that's an incentive for the landlords to, to take exactly it off the it. market and do that. So is do have you seen the phenomenon of that literally happening in real time or Yeah, no definitely. We we you know, we've seen again in in some of these these real hot neighborhoods that are, you know, going through gentrification, going through a lot of other changes, right? But uh, in a place like Venice, we have seen landlords just stop renting out units as tenants leave so that they can then just put those onto the Airbnb market. Uh you know, there was one case uh, where, you know, the landlord was, you know, I think especially kind of uh, blunt about the whole kind of arrangement where they actually evicted a bunch of tenants out of a, out of a fourplex, uh, you know, in the area. They'd been there living there for many years, uh, you know, walk their dogs in the neighborhood and the whole kind of uh, wonderful community feel that they had going on. Um, they're out. They're out on the on the street. They got to, you know, figure out another living situation. And this fourplex is now uh, on the Airbnb market. Right. So, is, that, is that illegal to do that? To evict them? It's pretty reason? illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not. Uh, you know, you can say I'm getting out of rental market. I'm going to turn this into a condo. I'm going to knock it down. I'm going to do whatever I want. Uh, but you can't say I'm, I'm getting out of the rental market. You guys got to leave. And then continue to rent it, but just for like shorter periods of time. That's it's definitely illegal here in California. I see. So uh, by by at least the local laws yep. here. Is that Airbnb's fault, though? If, you know, I, I mean, the shady landlords will be shady sure. landlords. We sure. had we had slumlords and <laughs> yep. people like that yep. before Airbnb came along. That's right. That's uh, right. You know, it's not um, they make it easy, I guess, is my point. You know, they don't they don't really, uh, you know, keep tabs on what's happening on their platform. But and they just make it so simple. And, and they you know, when you when you go on to the site, you know, you could enter your address and it'll tell you, you could probably make this much every night based on what's around you. Really? Yeah. I've yeah. It's part that. of the, the signing up process. Like if, you know, their, their, their product, I guess, in a way is, is the host, right? Their product mm-hmm. is, is the homes that are around the city. So when you go on there and it says, well, you could make this much uh, as a landlord, 
I mean, you know, you're not you're not in in the landlord business uh, to provide you know social service. You're in the landlord business to make some money. Of course. So you go on there, you you know, see how much you can make. They they send a photographer out, right, to take some pictures of your place, make it look real real pretty, and uh, you know that that makes it simple to to do this. Uh, and and I guess the flip side is also that they don't monitor what's going on. So, yeah. So you know, there could be a lot of. Uh, you know shenanigans, uh, and, and <laughs> they don't care, right? They, you know, until it becomes like a PR issue, they're they're not going to really, uh, you know, get get too involved in it. Yeah, I mean that that's the part that always struck me. What what sort of um, put my antenna up to this issue uh, was uh, well, a couple of factors. One, an anecdote I'll tell in a second. <laughs> but the first thing was that you know in uh, New York, uh, where I lived, you know, when I first uh, became aware of this. Uh, you know, there started to be like a, a battle with the, you know, with the mm-hmm. city because there were all of these um, uh, illegal Airbnb rentals. That I forget what the stat is. We say it on the show, yep. but a very high number of of Airbnb rentals are against the city short term rental laws. And um, it was like seventy percent or something in yeah. New York. It was pretty high. And the laws are very the laws are very basic. It, it was it's a you know it's a maximum or minimum. Like you can. Uh, you know, you can't rent out a whole unit for less or more than X yep. days a year, um, and certainly not for, you know, 365 days a year, right. right? And so, like, it should be pretty straightforward for Airbnb to simply have a little, you know, algorithm check. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is in New York City municipality. Uh, is, you know, is this an apartment? Is it being listed for this? For the same reason that an Uber, you know, you couldn't get picked up at LAX yep. until they would be like, oops, we're in LAX. It's illegal. So yep. we're not going to have a ride there. Seems like they would be able to do that. And that, mm-hmm. and that was something that they were not doing. Yeah. So this is this gets me irritated also. <laughs> right. Um, they, they know they know exactly what's going on. You know, their uh, their kind of game is to kind of rush, expand, get as big as possible before anyone notices what's going on and then say, mm-hmm. hey, we're this thing that you can't get rid of now. But but, you know, they're they're a, they're a giant tech company um, and their business is renting out uh, apartments and apartments have addresses and so, you know, a quick Google search, right? I don't know if they use Google. I don't know if they have, like, some kind of tech thing. But, but look, they have a map. They know. They know where their stuff is. Yeah. They know how many nights a year something is getting used. They have, you know, super detailed information about their users and people coming in. I mean, that's how they're valued at, you know, $30 billion or whatever it is. Yeah. Because, because they can prove that they're making a lot of money. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's frustrating when, when you approach them with something like, we have a housing problem. You're making it worse. And they say, well, we can't – we don't know how to do that. Yeah. That's, that's really hard for us to do. And it's like, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that it is hard for them to uh, to actually you know, follow some rules, right? It's, uh... Yeah, that's one of the things that bothers me about um, – it's this funny flip side of, of internet culture where you know, I remember in the early uh, 2000s, uh, you know, I was a huge – Internet person, and there are all these sites. You know, you'd hear this a lot with piracy sites yeah, or yeah, things yeah. like that, where they, where they would say, "Hey, we're just the site. We can't police what people do. You should go after the individual people, not the site." And um, and that made so much sense to me at the time, and you know, to a certain extent, still does. You know, I, I don't think that someone should shut down you know the technology of BitTorrent because someone is using yeah. that that uh, in a bad way. But at the same time, when you've got these, uh, you know, you have a you have a site that is providing a service that is enabling a new way of transacting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a product, and that product has laws that are uh, attached to it that are laws intended to, you know, safeguard people. Um, then th- it seems that like they they do have responsibility, but they, but they but they uh, sort of use 
almost the same argument of like, oh well, we're just the we're just the network provider. We're the right. we're just connecting people together. We're not the we're not the middleman. We're just uh, you know yep. uh, we're we're just putting pen pals together. Sure, you right. know, yeah, they like to talk about themselves like they're you know a bulletin board. And folks are just kind of dropping by with their flyer, and you can tear a phone number yeah. off of it, and you know they don't know what's going on, on the bulletin board. Uh, but except, you know, they they do know exactly what's going on there, and, and they know who's making their money. Uh, you know, and it's not it's not the grandma with with a spare bedroom. They they know that the, the folks that are that are making all the cash for them uh, really is 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 the guys that have you know multiple units. These are the the guys that are you know, taking over a whole building or they've got 20 or 30 units kind of spread around the city. Yeah. So, so that, that's who's making the money. The, the guys that are like a hotel that, that have the time and, you know, because dealing with tourists is, is a pain. You know, ask any any uh, housekeeper, yeah. right? It's, it's gross and tedious work. So if you can... Uh, you know, turn it into a little bit of a business, then you're going to make more money. You're going to stick around. Right? So that so. that's what happened to me. I lived in, uh, you know, my last year in New York. I was living in the in the East Village. I, I you know, me and my girl, I had this like dream to live in Manhattan, which was very <laughs> stupid. As a, I, we had a nice place in Greenpoint, but I was like, I want to live in Manhattan. And so we got like a a fifth floor walk up in the East Village, and we paid way too much for this tiny little apartment. Um, but you know, whatever. We were across the street from a pho place. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, it was fine for nine months. Right, you know, right. um, but so I noticed that you know it's very thin walls it's classic new york living radiator heat and stuff yeah. like that banging radiator and i i started noticing that the noise from above our building like the floor above us was always different it was never uh-huh. like one day it would be like children like uh-huh. like people like wrestling and uh-huh. racing and then the next day it would be like high heels like clip clop uh-huh. clip clop uh-huh. and i was like what what's going on and then we also noticed that like we we're like hold on a second there's like Entire five person European families <laughs> trundling care- yes. check check baggage luggage up a six floor walk up <laughs> and then like hanging out on the stoop yes, and stuff, yes. you know, and that was that was happening all the all the time. And uh, my girlfriend, look, you know, she looked it up on Airbnb and she was like, oh, I found the listing. And we could tell didn't tell you the address, but it was the same layout as our apartment. Right. And so we saw that. And then we clicked on the person's name. And they had the same listing had like uh, over a dozen different yeah. apartments around the East Village, but all in different buildings. But they were all like, uh, you know, Ivan will will meet you. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, and then, were, oh, Ivan was so nice. He gave me the keys right away. Um, but like Ivan wasn't the name on the listing or whatever. And so like, you know. You know, it, it's difficult to say like how much it would like it you know impacted our quality of life, but it was like it was you know having new people in and out sure. all the time. I was like, we're living in an apartment building, yeah. so we told the landlord, um, and they got and you know they got him out of there. And then the landlord was like, you should have like I want you to appear in court to testify <laughs> against them. And we were like, this is way too this is way too serious. Oh, yeah. Like New York real estate is fucking insane. These totally. people, it was crazy. I have stories on stories, but um. <laughs> That's what opened my eyes to it. I was like, this person is so clearly in violation of the right. law. Um, like, who who's taking out these multiple... Well, yeah. sorry. They're, maybe they're not in violation of the law. I, uh, they, they probably are. But even if they're not, mm-hmm. they're definitely in violation of a lot of leases. Because sure. the lease explicitly said that you could not do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and there's like a boiler, boilerplate lease in New yeah. York. And so uh, that's when I was like... It was... We- I was like, oh, I was like discovering like a cockroach in my, in my building. Uh, because, you know, this is... Uh, again, I'm paying to live in an apartment situation. Right. That's right. Um, and so that was when I, I realized, like, oh yeah, this is like a this is like a weird sort of gray market uh, business that Airbnb has allowed to spring up, mm-hmm. and 
which is definitely taking like in in New York City in the East Village that is taking rental units off the market a hundred percent. Yeah, like those people are uh, obviously that person renting that out is making so much more money yeah. than anyone else. Uh, you know, and so they're going to drive. That's that mm-hmm. is definitely driving mm-hmm. up the already very expensive rents. Yeah. and uh, and they're not doing anything about right. it. And and so yeah, that, that was I was like something is there's like a fishy element yeah. to and, it. And I'm sure there's somebody that wants to live in the East Village, right? I mean, yeah. there's another you that's I like did. I want to live in the East Village. And I can't. I can't find a spot. Uh, you know, I remember when I was first digging into this this stuff, I was living uh, in Hollywood, and uh, I did not have a parking spot, and I was just racking up just stacks of parking tickets. So I wanted to look for a place to live in my same – I liked my neighborhood. It was a good neighborhood. Couldn't find a place. And I was like, well, I'm doing this Airbnb thing. I wonder – and so, I mean, there are hundreds of units all around me that I couldn't move into, right? So it's like <laughs> yeah. this incredible frustration that you know I I live in the city, I work here, I I buy stuff here, I you know go out here, I I contribute to the city, and you know here's this uh, you know situation where other people like me can't you know kind of make it work uh, in a way that works for them uh, because this company has kind of come in and, and done this stuff. I mean, it's super frustrating. Well, let me let, let me ask you this though, because I, I think the comparison between Airbnb and and Uber uh, makes a lot of sense to me because they're they're both companies that I have qualms about, but yet you find yourself using when you're traveling. I prefer to stay in a hotel personally in a mm-hmm. city, but there's plenty of times. Sure. Uh, you know, now you know I can go to an area I couldn't have even that's stayed right. in before because I can get a rental there. You yep, know, on Airbnb, right. and I know so many people who say, "Oh, I hate hotels. I would much rather stay in one." It's changed how I travel. It's so revolutionary. And then you're going to have I've gotten in so many fights with friends about this because <laughs> yeah. it's my pet peeve. And, yeah. you know, but they're like, no, this is this is great. I'm paying for my mortgage with this thing, you know. And so is there a chance that the you know, that uh, same way with Uber, I can mm-hmm. I can get around the city. I have problems with the business model. But by God, I can I can get home safely on yep. a Friday night after drinking, you know, uh, for for a quarter of the price of a taxi. Yep. How can I argue with that? Um, and so and so, well, I'll take the I'll take the bad with the good, I guess. Yep. Is there a chance that Airbnb plays that same role despite yeah. this or? So, I, don't, I mean, Uber is a whole other uh, can of worms. I'm not asking right? you to pass judgment on <laughs> like, Uber. Don't worry. But, uh, uh, because I've been stranded and gotten places. So um, also. But um, I think that Airbnb is different, though, in that it's uh, it's taking a, a, we have a really limited commodity. Like here in L.A., we don't have a shortage of cars. Mm. We have a lot of cars. We have a lot of people that drive. That's you know that is what it is. Buses exist. Yeah, they they exist also, uh, and you know we and we don't have like the taxi kind of culture that we you know in other places. So, but you know with Airbnb, they're taking something that is is really hard to replace. Mm. Uh, it's it's a real pain to build new housing. Again, lots of other reasons. Uh, it's not about Airbnb, not on Airbnb to build new housing, but you know when when you have a new new building going up and you know immediately. A huge chunk of that, turn, you know, becomes an Airbnb instead of getting rented out. There's no way out. We're, we're not going to be able to build our way out of this problem. Uh, mm. th- there's no way that we're going to be able to add new housing if, if as soon as we put, uh, you know, and these are buildings that would be most attractive, right, to turn into a, a pseudo hotel because huh. they're new. They're new. Yeah. They've got amenities. They're like condo buildings. Um, I hadn't even or thought fancy of, new apartments, right? I, I hadn't even thought of that because there's a huge push to build new housing in LA right totally. now. It's like on every ballot. Yep. There's there's yep. a housing related ballot measure. 
Um, but uh, because the demand for housing is sure. so high, and, and we got to build, we got to build. Yeah, right? you know. but you think the demand for for tourist accommodations is so high that that could easily just fill up all those buildings too? Yeah, I mean the the, the way it works that, that we've seen it uh, at any rate is that you know when you put a renter renter dollars against a tourist dollar, the renter's going to lose. They they can't afford to to compete. Uh, and you know the the even you know, worst part of this is that having the option of Airbnb means that you as a building owner, you know, you never have to lower your rent to get somebody in. If you can't, if you're having trouble filling your space, uh, you know, rather than what the, the, the quote, you know, free market would say, which is lower the price to get somebody in there. Uh, uh, why do that? If you can just swing that, that unit over to the Airbnb market and you make triple the amount. Well, that's that's a win-win, and, and you never have to rent it out. You never have to get into a lease, uh, you know. And, and on on the leases, I mean, that's it, you know, Airbnb is not going to defend you if your landlord finds out and you get you get evicted. You know, there's no legal fund for Airbnb hosts that are that are getting evicted by their landlords. So it's it's a huge risk for tenants in a lot of cities that that these companies are not. You know they're they're happy to have you share all your stuff, but but they're not going to bail you out if if you end up without an apartment. I mean, oh, so that's a se- so that's a separate issue. You're talking yeah. when they they sort of encourage somebody who's in a lease situation to be the host, right? Um, or to say, oh, uh, this sort of situation, I'm going to be out of town for two weeks, or that kind of thing. That yeah. so that's the kind of that's the kind of sharing that Airbnb loves to trumpet of right. like, oh, I'm just sharing my home for a sure. little bit, but they don't help you if you're if well, you actually yeah, it's a kind of answer. Lease. You know, if you've got a mortgage, if you're a homeowner. You know, I guess that that's been going on for a long time. People have been renting out rooms in their homes. That's that's you know that's not new, but uh, like you said, a lot of leases, boiler you know boilerplate leases say you can't sublet without my permission as sure. a landlord. You can't do that. Uh, you can't make extra money off of my unit. Uh, and so, you know, there have been many cases where tenants have been you know evicted because uh, they. Uh, you know, it's a lease. It's a lease. It's like nothing to do with the city. Uh, but yeah. uh, you know, it is what it is. You you get kicked out and. Uh, tough right there's no there's no airbnb fund they're not going to come in and and bail you out of a landlord tenant court or whatever right so. uh there there was also uh you, getting back to the idea of because uh, i was so interested in uh that the it removes mm-hmm. the pressure on the landlords yep. to reduce rental prices so normally they can't fill up their whole building you know at at one thousand mm-hmm. dollars a month and so they say oh geez we got to go down to 900 because we got to fill these units but if they have that extra little bit of flex yep. they can do that first right uh, you you even once i i think if i remember correctly uh, just from us talking on yeah. on set you said something like, "Oh, even even if they can just rent rent out a unit a couple days a year or something like that, like that'll have that pressure. Like if they can yeah. fill the little gaps, right? Then it's almost if you look at like the total number of days the rooms in a building are being rented out that's for, right. like it can remove fractional apartments from the <laughs> yeah, market, kind yeah, of. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they they never have to. I mean, there there are places where I, I feel like they would never have to put something out, right? Mm-hmm. They would never have to to lease it out or." Uh, you know, to list it on apartments.com or, you know, whatever that the site is um, that they use uh, because they can just fill those gaps, you know, especially if you've got a, uh, uh, like we do, you know, kind of close into downtown, a lot of corporate housing, right? So you've got like a six-month contract with, uh, I don't know, like whatever, GE, Staples Center, to house somebody that's just moving to town for six months, mm-hmm. right? They come in, they stay, stay for six months, you put it on Airbnb for a month, and then your next six-month contract comes in. So you just never even have to... Uh, bother with with a with an outside person right so wow and and that one airbnb month is taken that's a month right. of housing and it's that's an taken ex, it's a lot of money yeah it's a chunk of money for them as well 
Well, we are here talking to Roy Saman. We will be back in just a moment, so please stick around. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. And we host the first podcast ever made, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Every Monday, we put out the first ever advice comedy podcast ever. They found our podcast on Dead Sea Scrolls. We're the Hammurabi Code of podcasts, and we're ready to entertain you with jokes that we invented the first jokes. So join us every Monday on MaximumFun.org. You'll never crack our code, Dan Brown. Just try me. It's history in the making. And in the faking. And it's all yours for the taking. I'm here talking to Lane researcher and policy analyst Roy Saman. Uh, so, uh, what about uh, is is there any effect on um, on home ownership? Because look, when I go to you know, I'm at the age where me and my girlfriend will go to an open house on a Saturday because it's in the neighborhood and it's fun to go make fun of the the terrible flip job yeah. or whatever. Yes. Um, housing in LA is way too crazy to <laughs> to buy anything, yeah, yeah. but it's like it's fun to go. It's fun to go look. And uh, uh, so much of the time, there's they say, oh, you you know, you can this room, you can Airbnb. And so it's, you know, and actually, uh, you know, I have some friends who did that. They say, well, I bought my house and I'm not, but I'm able to buy it yep. because on Airbnb, I can rent out the extra room. And so sure. that helps me pay the mortgage. And so now I can buy a better house. Is that not a benefit or? I mean, yes and no. I mean, yes, it's a benefit for them. Totally. Um, I mean, except for the fact that they've got to have an extra person in and out. I mean, that's, you know, I think we talk about yeah. this thing like it's this this great thing, but just on a day to day, I mean, it, it's you know, I imagine it's a little bit annoying, right? You've got to handle the that's, keys and the bathrooms that, and the towels and all the, that. That's the part that people don't talk about yeah. is they say, oh, just Airbnb. You go, you go, you go to these places, they're like, well, you can just Airbnb that. Sure. And it's like, well, that's like, well, you can just run a hotel. <laughs> yeah, you could just exactly. like be the, a hotelier yeah, yeah, yeah. in your part time. I'm like, sure. I don't want to do that shit. No, no, like, thank you. But it's presented as, yeah. as being like, oh, yeah, just you'll make money for free and you won't have to do anything. But you have to like clean the thing or they can have, you know. Right. Uh, if you're the homeowner, right? If you're doing right. one of these big apartments and whatever. But, uh, you know, I would imagine that it, you know, what we started seeing was like Coldwell Banker and real estate agents, like you said, marketing and saying, look, you can make a ton more money. You can make money. It's like a duplex without having to rent to tenants, basically. Right? Uh. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to deal with like rent control. You can just have, you know. Some uh, Germans come in and, and pay you some money and uh, right. you make them pancakes and whatever. And uh, it's a great commercial for Airbnb, but too bad if somebody wanted to live there, right? It's unfortunate. Um, so, yeah, the, so because the, the, people, uh, okay, you know, previously in LA might buy a building and, or they would buy a duplex and they'd rent out half of it. They'd live sure. in the other half. Yep. I see. Uh, does that does it affect like how the you know uh, purchase prices of yeah, homes so, at all? Or? I mean, I've been thinking about that. I mean, I, I I think that if there's income potential, then there you can ask for more, right? If you have a yeah. house and it's got a little a little granny unit in the back, little mother in law unit in the backyard, you can ask for more now. Um, so I mean, I would ask your friends, you know, would you rather be able to get in there and make ends meet with this Airbnb or just pay less up front. Yeah. To just have the house, right? That's uh, what I noticed. Because a few of these a few of these places you'll go in and they'll have taken a uh, backyard shed or a sort of, you know, downstairs uh, you know, unfinished basement or something mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. they'll finish it up with a put a little keypad and they'll put yeah, in an extra yeah. stove and stuff and then they'll say, Oh, you can Airbnb that right. and now it's an extra fifty a hundred right, grand or right, whatever. Right, that's right. Um and in, you know, again a, a house 
housing purchase market or whatever, uh, how, the other kind of housing, not yeah. the housing rental market, the yeah, other yeah. one, whatever you call it. Buying stuff. Buying the, buy, the, the buying the house <laughs> one that's also one of the most expensive in the country. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very interested in these downsides, right? Yep. Um, uh, and, and you are too, and that's why we had you on the show, and that's why <laughs> yeah, we're talking sure. about it. But I still – I want to make sure that we you, you know, do justice to how much people love the service yep, and, yep. And, and the potential of it. And it was really interesting because we got a – we got a very strong response to this one that was very interesting. This is the first one where people mm. said to this segment, uh, they – uh, would tweet at me and people would say, I'm sorry to see that you're in the pocket of the hotel lobby. Yeah. And I was like, I actually never really thought about the fact that there would be a hotel lobby. I mean, clearly there would be, <laughs> but I, I it never occurred to me. Yeah. This is this was my own observation as someone who sort of like, you know, cares about rental housing, you know, prices sure, sure. for my own, right. you know, uh, wonky uh, reasons. But, but um, you know, there is that argument that like, uh, you know, in a lot of cities that, you know, you've got a powerful hotel lobby, the hotel prices are so expensive, it's it's very difficult to visit those cities. Um, you know, for a lot of people, they, they do think, you know, oh, well, the price of housing is high. If I can rent out part of it, then I can, it will help me pay for it, yeah. won't it? I mean, I mean, these are arguments that seem to seem yeah. to have merit. Yeah, those, those are... Those are all real. Th- I mean, I, I I have been accused also of being. Uh, I, I guess this hotel lobby is hiring a lot of people. They're on like a spree because I I guess I'm on on their payroll. I wasn't aware, but uh, wow. Uh, I mean, you are you you do you do have some really fancy cufflinks and a and a top <laughs> yeah, hat on. My monocle. <laughs> uh, but uh, so there, there's that. I mean, that's that's absurd, right? And and the hotel industry. Uh, has been doing fine. Like they don't need me. <laughs> I, I wish they, you know they have yeah. tons of money. I, I you know, but, they, but the, hotel lo- the hotel lobby has like lobbied against Airbnb. Yeah. correct? no, they have. They have. I mean, they you know that that's undeniable. I mean, they see it as a threat to their to their business. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think here here in LA, there, there's it's a little bit of a twist. So this this is why I laugh when people accuse me of being on the hotel lobby. The first thing I worked on. Uh, at Lane was raising uh, the minimum wage for hotel housekeepers for for hotel workers. <laughs> they really don't like us at all, right? <laughs> but but here's the thing: they they when that happened here in LA, they they fought us a lot, hard tooth and nail. But when it passed, um, you know they they followed the law, they followed the rules. They didn't like it, but they did it. And and the same with kind of you know uh, Americans with disabilities, kind of accessibility stuff. They they follow a lot of rules, right? And I think from their perspective. You know, they're saying, look, we, we raised our wages. We're following all these, you know, work rules and labor rules and, and health and safety rules. And, uh, you know, here are these guys that are popping up all around us uh, because, you know, hotels and, and Airbnb are kind of stacked in many of the same neighborhoods mm-hmm. that don't have to pay their whoever's cleaning it. Who knows? But they're not getting the, the $15 wage there. You know, uh. th- there's like all these other rules that, that are not being followed. And so I think there's a little bit of a bitterness on their part. So, so that they have to follow public safety regulations right. or or labor regulations that the Airbnbs don't. And sure. so they feel like they can't compete because they're being the good guys kind of i mean yeah in this case uh it's unusual but in this case it's the <laughs> hotels that are like kind of the good guys i mean it's you know this uh new economy uh you know uh, crosses a lot of wires right and it brings yeah. different things together that are, that are weird so uh, i mean that's what you know they say that's disruption right that's that's what the tech industry loves yeah, is yeah. is disruption and and yeah. i mean those are the you know uh, ride sharing and uh, sure. and and these short term rentals are definitely I mean, super disruptive yeah no they are uh the funny thing is the way it's odd right so I'm like, yes, you guys disrupted your industry, but you also disrupted a lot of the old relationships so that now, 
you know, I can, you know, we have a lot of folks from you know, Benedict Can like homeowners associations from the hills that are, you know, trying to join us in this kind of thing to get some rules passed. And we've got we've got hotel general managers and hotel housekeepers sitting down together and thinking about how to, like, tackle this because everyone's now got a stake. Like, it brought all these, uh, you know, people that don't like each other to start thinking about, well, I guess I've got to talk to this horrible person for a little bit at least uh, until we figure <laughs> out this thing, right? So it's it's created – it's, like, scrambled a lot of stuff. I mean, it has, yeah. so uh, – I guess hats off for that, but um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, yes. so so um, Airbnb, uh, you know, I think would dispute some of the you yeah. know findings that you guys would have that sure. that that uh, Airbnb is raising housing prices. Yeah. You know, I know that they've issued various reports, or or you know, or they would point to yep. uh, reports saying that uh, that they have not had that effect. Um, mm-hmm. How do you respond to those things that, yeah. that is sort of beyond a statistical he said, she said? He said, uh, Roy said, Airbnb said. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 something they do like to say, that, you know, there's millions of units of housing all over L.A., all over New York, all over San Francisco, you know, whatever it is, whatever city uh, it is. I mean, they, they like to recycle uh, their arguments, right, which is good, I guess, recycling. But uh, uh, at any rate, so they like to say, look, we have – maybe 20,000 units in LA and there's like millions of units of housing all over the city. Uh, so we can't yeah, possibly, a, we can't possibly have an effect. That, yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair like, point. Yeah, that I sounds mean, like a fact we would use on the show. Sure, that's it, it does, less right? Less than 1%. Less than 1% right? of the, sure. you know, uh, but then you, you zoom into Venice or you zoom into Hollywood or, or Santa Monica or, or Silver Lake or, you know, what we're even seeing is, is neighborhoods like where we're at right now in Westlake or Korea, you know, kind of neighborhoods that are next to popular neighborhoods. In the percentage of Airbnbs uh, relative to how many vacancies there are, suddenly you see that they're taking up a they're you know a much higher chunk of the vacancies uh. than across the entire city because you know folks are not coming to LA and staying in Airbnbs in like faraway places out sure. in the valley. They're they're coming you know they want to go Azusa. That's a place in LA, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes, it is. I've only lived here a couple of years. Yeah. I don't know all the neighborhoods. Azusa sounds like one you wouldn't go. I mean, I as a tourist, probably not. Uh, What's the one from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? It's uh, West Covina. West Covina. Yep. Not a lot of Airbnbs in West Covina. That's a couple million <laughs> users. You know, or that's a, that's a bunch of units no, that's of housing. Right. It's in the county. I mean, yeah. it's there. It, but I, Echo Park, Santa Monica, oh, yeah. Yeah, like West the, Hollywood. The places you downtown. Um, you know, w- when a tourist comes to L.A. or a business traveler, anyone that's coming to visit the city, they're probably going to go to Staples Center in downtown, or they're going to go to the right. beach or Hollywood. Uh, those are the places that people visit, and and that's those are the neighborhoods that are that are making all the money for the company, and so you know when you when you look at those neighborhoods, that, then yes, there there is a problem there, and we see like the rents are are going up much more quickly in those areas than in the rest of the city, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then and then I guess they'll say, well, no, it can't just be us. There's other things happening. Like of course there's other things happening, but you're not helping. Right? Yeah. It's not helpful at a time when, when we don't have enough as it is. It's not helpful to, to remove a couple hundred more apartments off yeah. uh, when we're already kind of, you know, barely making ends meet. As and what's is. funny about these companies is it feels like, just like you're not helping, you guys aren't being helpful. These are these are companies that very well could be helpful and, and present themselves with the sort of bright, shiny tech industry, yeah. you know, yeah. like, wow, we're just helping the average folks. But 
you know, they're full of smart people who know yeah. their housing policy, you know, yeah. um, or I, you know, I think about, uh, you know, the ride sharing companies mm-hmm. too. those, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's a lot of people I know for a fact working for those companies who are out, you know, who are out of politics or, oh, yeah. or, yeah. or, or, you know, who've worked for the city who know these things. And so they could, they could easily say, how are we going to, you know, contribute in a, you know, how are we going to play ball? Yeah. Uh, in a, and there's examples of that. You know, sure. I look at, at ride sharing at LAX the way they brought that in, yep. and, and it, it plays very nicely yep. with all the existing yep. players. It doesn't cause a big traffic jam. They did it all. They did it right. That's right. They did yeah. a good job. They nailed it. It feels like uh, they could do the same thing. Uh, like Airbnb could do that, yeah. but yeah. but hasn't. I mean, I, I wish they would disrupt. You know, inequality <laughs> or something from what's right. There's a lot of terrible things that could right. use some disrupting uh, right. that is not, uh, you know, the ability of families to stay in their homes. Uh, that that didn't need disrupt. That was already before. Yeah. That didn't need a disruption. Right. Yeah. People were getting kicked out of housing before they showed up. Um, but but I think there there is a role for them to play. Like they can they can, I think, do right by the cities where they're in, um, you know, if they just follow some real basic rules. And, you know, and I think it might be. Uh, for them, um, you know, they got big really, really fast, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there, there never really was. And it took a long time for cities to figure out what was going on. That, that's that's fair. So um, yeah, now that we're all kind of caught up, it's like, well, here we are. I think uh, that's you know, been... you need the cities just as much as uh, you know, and we as a city don't really need uh, you know as LA anyway. We we have tourists coming. We're okay yeah. on tourists. Um, so uh, yeah, the the service can benefit individuals, but the city yeah. as a Total organism, right? Oh, I, th- that has an interesting resonance with our, our very first podcast episode with Salita Reynolds from from LA DOT. Which uh, uh, go back and listen to it yeah, if you guys yeah. haven't heard. It's one of my one of my favorite ones we've done. But you know, we talked about with ride sharing mm-hmm. how it was almost a, and this is you know sort mm-hmm. of her her POV it was a, it was a, almost a failure on city transportation systems to not do ride sharing yep. first. That yep. that you know it's uh, that that you know we have this wonderful history in the U.S. of of cities helping people move from place to place, and this was a case where you know they left this hole for for the private industry. And they really should have been on yep. the ball. Do you feel the same way about about you know America's cities in this yeah. issue? Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, I mean this gets at, at something way outside of sharing and and Airbnb. But I mean, I think it goes back to wages and people are people are broke, right? They need they need help making ends meet themselves. And and yeah. that uh, you know if you go back and look at some of the early. Uh, marketing and kind of analysis that Airbnb did, um, you know, they really kind of came together in 2008, 2009 in, in a pretty deep recession. People were struggling. So I think yeah. if, if, you know, we as a as a country, as a city did better, right, mm-hmm. by, by having people make more money, then, then we wouldn't be in a situation uh, where that was necessary. And it shouldn't be necessary for you to uh, have people coming in and out of your house all year. That That shouldn't be... You shouldn't need to rent out your home just to stay in your home. That's right. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's something, uh, you know, I think a little bit weird about that, a little bit unfortunate, right? Um, yeah. Uh, well, it's that vision, that negative vision that people have of the ride share or of the sharing economy where it's like, um, you know, oh, yeah, everyone's going to uh, share the gig economy. Everyone, yeah. everyone can make yeah. a little money with the thing that they're not using, their car that isn't that they're not using right. or whatever. Right. You know, everyone's got a little extra space they can monetize. Yeah. Um, is 
there's a positive vision of that, but there's a negative vision of that, which is that the only way to keep afloat, you you must sell all of your, you got to rent out all. your clothes to people yes. when you're not wearing them, and yes, you've got to, yes. or you know, there's that funny irony about the, um, about that Uber ad with the, you know, like everybody, everybody needs a side hustle. You've seen that ad, yeah? When it's like yes, this teacher, he's like, everybody needs a side hustle, and a, f- a friend, of, I can't remember who, mm-hmm. but it was a, a, a comic friend of mine tweeted. Uh, you know, fuck Uber for trying to convince <laughs> us that a science teacher needs a side hustle. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. such an irony that the guy is like, he's like teaching kids, he's got a beaker, and then he's <laughs> like, I've got an Uber... Like right. a, a science teacher needs to needs to like after teaching for ten hours has to go start up the Uber app on his way home right. in order to get right. a couple rides to make right. a living. That's that's like a that's a very dark vision. Yeah, that's pretty foul. I think um, <laughs> that's gross. Uh, you know, teachers don't they have they're hustling. They don't need they have one and it's a lot as it is. And I think yeah. a lot of folks uh, their main hustle, whatever their their main thing is, is already a lot. And I think this whole sharing, you know economy you know thing that's that's happening uh it's it's like stressing people out you know it's you gotta you gotta share your car and your extra house and if you have extra time then you go pick up a a task rabbit job and plant trees for somebody i mean it's just i mean you don't have anything left that's just yours and you can just have oh right (laughs) you just have it it's just a space that you have and that's 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 what it is like maybe i i like my extra bedroom as my yeah uh, place that i you know go and uh unwind and and you know it's my my chill out spot right yeah I mean, and it's a bummer to not be able to have that right um well uh let me let me ask you this i um so i think part of the the division with airbnb is one of the big sort of unacknowledged divisions in american life which is like the difference between like the city life and the country life not even in red state blue state uh-huh. it's just like the priorities of those Lives like Airbnb makes so much sense in Joshua Tree, right? Yep. Which, if you guys, for those yep. who aren't in California, that's like out way out in the desert. People f- drive out there away from the city. Not many people actually live there, but a lot of people like to go visit. There's not really hotel accommodations, right. so there's a lot of people who rent out their their homes, and that, that kind of totally makes sense uh, because I need a place to stay when I'm in Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't know, let those people make some money. Yeah. Like, who the fuck is going to stop them? But then in a city, a city has totally different priorities. Right. And, and what always struck me about, you know, Uber and, and, and those and uh, Airbnb, especially in New York, as a child of New York, mm-hmm. New York is a city with a long history of sort of taking care of its citizens. And like, and, and you, every problem in New York City is like, the city was about to fall apart and explode. And then they made a lot to stop it. Like, it's like, there's <laughs> trash in the streets. We got to... Get, get people to take it away. There's like horrible slums. We gotta create rent control. You yeah. know, like that's that's right. everything is there right. for a reason. Right. And so, uh, you know, there's this strong idea living there. I'm like, the city needs to have control over what's happening in it. If you didn't have regulations in of some kind in you know the East Village or or the Lower East Side, you know, and this speaks to what you're saying about mm-hmm. neighborhoods by being different neighborhood yep. by neighborhood, because no one's trying to Airbnb in the Bronx, but <laughs> uh, or or I mean there are parts of the Bronx, but yep. you know, yep. That's right. um, or on Staten Island or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you didn't have those regulations on the Lower East Side or the East Village, nobody would live there. Right. Uh, it would be a hundred percent tourist housing. Yeah. Um, and it's like the city and the people of the city, through their elected officials, should get to decide whether they whether it's important to them mm-hmm. to have there be residential housing, mm-hmm. you know, in the Lower East Side. If, right. if whether we whether we want that to be hollowed out and become you know blocks and blocks of hotels or not. Right. Um, but 
At the same time, I got to acknowledge cities are often very bad <laughs> yes, <no. laughs> at Truth. at organizing Truth. these things, right? Yes. At, at, and uh, at, at giving, you know, uh, at accommodating tourists mm-hmm. or at, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I would never defend the taxi and limousine, co- you know, commission when yeah. I'm talking yep. about issues with Uber. Yep. So, um, how do we rectify that issue? Yeah. I don't want to raise no, up the municipal yeah, they're, solution. They're, they're, they need a crisis usually, right? They're <laughs> not going to, they're not going to do it on their own. And it's the truth. And, and the taxi and limousine commission and the hotel industry were not going to, uh, well, I'll think about the hotel, you know, they were not, the hotel industry here in LA was not going to develop a compassion for affordable housing naturally. <laughs> that yeah. wasn't going to happen. And, you know, in the same way that, that I think the city cities need a crisis to start to act, right? So uh, in a sense, this, um, you know, for, for Airbnb, it kind of just threw one extra, one extra piece, one extra log on the fire, I guess, of, of our housing crisis in, in a lot of cities where, mm-hmm. you know, there was already this, this, this struggle to, to kind of keep up with what we needed to be doing uh, as cities. And then right here comes this huge shiny object to just kind of maybe it's like a magnifying glass. That's that's the shiny object. It's a magnifying <laughs> glass to just kind of be like, hey, here's housing. We're going to here. Here you go. Take an extra look at this thing, because we're going to go ahead and monetize whatever whatever's left. We're going to go wow. ahead and, and make it that much worse. Wow. Uh, and so then, you know, I think it kind of focused a little bit of attention. Right. And, uh, you know, I don't think that uh, passing a law about Airbnb is going to fix the housing stuff here in L.A., but uh, it's it's going to, you know, bring some, like, sense sensibility back to it, some rationality. Uh, are there laws being uh, considered or is there, yeah, is there yep. do you see positive movement on the issue either from Airbnb or from the city? Yeah, yes. Or the, nationally. There, there are, I mean, there are, like, kind of cities... Um, you know, they talk to each other. It's interesting to see kind of how they play this kind of game of telephone where, you know, one city will try something and, and fall on their faces. And then <laughs> the next city will be like, well, what if we try this other twist? And then that yeah. totally blows up. And, and so, you know, L.A., uh, you know, I've, I'm an L.A. guy. I've lived here a long time. So I, I can say this sometimes slow to move. <laughs> not, <laughs> not the most nimble. Right. But but in this case, we we waited and we saw what other cities tried. And we were like, OK, let's let's do something new here. Let's try this. And so we've got something uh, moving through that uh, we're hoping in the next couple weeks. Um, but, you know, they've been saying that for a year. So, so uh, and that's some But there is something of... like in, in in City Hall, there there is kind of a a, a framework that, that, you know, we at Lane uh, worked on. We kind of proposed this framework. And so they're they're putting something together. Uh, and what would that what would that be? Yeah. So uh, basically, there, there, there uh, you know, should be a registration system. So if you want to do this, you, you know, quick, simple, something quick and painless, but that uh, it's got to be your primary residence. So. That basically means one per person, mm-hmm. right? So we don't have this situation. And really, what we what we saw, what we ID'd as as the issue was was commercialization. Like mm-hmm. we don't have a problem, uh, you know, because LA has has the movie industry and everything. There are people that are moving in and out throughout the year, so there is like a need in the city to rent yeah. out space. Absolutely. So let's let's not uh, let's not ruin that, but let's make sure that we're not we're not losing whole buildings or, or multiple units, right? So it's one per person. It's got to be where you actually live. Um, so this would be like the person living in the apartment, not the landlord would be the person renting it out. Right. Well, yes. Yes, that's the idea. They would have to f- talk to their landlord first, yeah. right, yeah. to clear that up so that they, you know, if anyone's listening, I'm not sure, but uh, I hope, 
Talk to your don't get don't don't get evicted don't, over this, please. Like people not, don't don't break your lease. I don't know why I tell a podcast audience, but please don't right. go out there breaking your it's lease. Not worth it. It's not worth it for the, whatever you're going to make. Airbnb your apartment uh, is, is going to be a lot less than having to go move and find a new place, and and that's just a bad way to, to yeah. go. So uh, anyway, but it would be the person that actually lives there, right? They, they get that cleared up. But uh, you know, here in, here in LA, though, we are we are trying to make sure that you can't do this in rent-controlled units. Mm-hmm. So if you have a rent-controlled apartment, which, uh, you know, uh, here in L.A. at least, it, it limits the amount of rent, the amount that the rent can be increased. Right. Um, you, don't, you don't get to uh, have that deal, right, where you have a, a, you know, a lower rent and then also make a ton of extra money. Um, yeah, that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be fair because then the, the taxpayers would be subsidizing yeah. your, your yeah. Uh, rental. That's right. So, uh, so those, are the, those are kind of the basic rules and, and that the companies, uh, mostly Airbnb, but also VRB, I mean, all, the, all of these guys would have to share some data with the city, share some information hmm. uh, so, that, so that the city could at least verify that they're getting the right amount of uh, hotel, their tourist tax or whatever it is. They got to verify where these things are, that sort of thing. Now, is that is that so? That all, hey, that all makes sense to me. I can imagine there's some stakeholders who say, "Wait a second, that act, that takes a lot of money out of my pocket." That for the landlord or, yep. or for Airbnb themselves, are, are they? Are is anybody organizing against that? Yeah, I mean, or? yeah, there, there are. You know, I think that from the part of folks that that do Airbnb, uh, so these are the hosts. You know, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about what we're actually trying to do. So we're not trying to shut down this whole system uh, of of how things go right now. Uh, that's not what we're about. Uh, so you know, the the stuff that though they they get upset about is is the sh- the sharing information pieces. And uh, you know, we do have in there that you've got to have a cap on the number of nights you can do it per year. Hmm. Uh, right now, it's at 180 nights, so it's six months oh. is where it's at. Um, I think that's a little high, frankly, uh, but. It sounds yeah. fair, yeah. You know, especially it's, it's, especially if your break even points eighty three days or whatever yeah. you said. Yeah. So, yeah. but so they don't want any cap, right? They want to have the ability to do this uh, endlessly. But you know, we haven't talked much about kind of the neighborhood character, quality of life stuff, and that's real. You know, you have uh, you know folks that are that are uh, longtime residents of their neighborhoods. They don't know their neighbors anymore. I mean, that's sure. uh, you know that's why people like living in places for a long time. Sure. Uh, and so we're trying to, you know, find some balance between all these different uh, chunks of, of uh, interest that are they're trying to figure out what to do. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Do you have, you know, for the person who, uh, you know, is going to go on a trip out to, uh, you know, San Francisco or Joshua Tree or, or you know, wherever yep. they go, do you have any piece of advice for yeah, the yeah. person who is considering the Airbnb rental or the person who's considering renting it out, you sure. know, because I, yeah, I don't want people to think that, you know, we're saying, ah, that's unethical. I don't I don't believe <laughs> yeah. it's unethical to yeah. do those yeah. things. And, yeah. uh, you know, so, yeah, there's definitely a way to, to do this in, in an ethical way. So if you're traveling um, and and it's in, since I've been doing this work, I, you know, I have people, you know, like they're Airbnb priests where they confess to me that like <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out of town and I'm going to get an Airbnb I'm like, OK. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. Roy, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so Roy, sorry. I'm so sorry. You don't know how many oh, people God. I've got, people do that to me about with about fifty different topics. <laughs> sure, bet, right? They're like, I got, I'm getting a purebred yeah. dog, and I bought an engagement ring. Yeah, and yeah. I bought. Right. I'm wearing Tom's shoes. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry, Adam. Like, yeah. No, it's fine. I do, I do half the things we say not to do on the show. Absolutely, it's, man. It'd be a pos- you can't Nobody's live. perfect. You can't you've, be a monk. You've, you've got to live. Yeah. So, but <laughs> so when when people do ask me this, I you know I have kind of a. a a little checklist, I guess. 
um, which is, you know, take a look at the person uh, that it would be your host, right? See, you know, on Airbnb, you can check how many listings they've got. If it's one, if it's just, if that's their one listing that they've got, you know, chances are this is really somebody that is trying to make ends meet, that, it, you know, kind of living up to the story, uh, right? So that they're going out of town and it really is kind of a swap. Um, you know, you want to check the reviews uh, also, right? Make sure that there's a lot of reviews. Uh, because there, you know, there's some health hazards, right? There, there's a reason yeah. that that hotels have, you know, industrial like laundry facilities in their basement to deal with just some grossness. So, you yeah. know, you want to make sure that that there, it's kind of reputable in that sense. But but I think the main thing is to really try to get a feel for for the place you're staying. Make sure that yeah. it's not part of like a a mini empire of Airbnbs uh, throughout yeah. the city. And and I think that's that's kind of the easiest way. This reminds me. I'm sorry, can I just tell a story? This is like not even th- this. And honestly, this story is going to come out pro Airbnb at the end. It's going to sound it. anti Airbnb, but it's, good. it's <laughs> actually, it's actually yeah. pro pro Airbnb. Before we did the first season of the show, me and my you know my director and a couple of my producers were like, "Hey, let's go get let's go on a little weekend retreat so we can talk about the show." Um, and so we got an Airbnb way out in. I honestly forget where, by mm-hmm. Valencia or somewhere. Sure, somewhere, sure. you know, you drive an hour and a half out of L.A., <laughs> yeah, right. you're in a mountain, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's my use for Airbnb is, like, I want to get a big house for a bunch of friends to go, you know, drink in, and there's a hot tub, totally. and we are going to get away. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's really nice. But here's the problem with Airbnb versus hotels. We get there. It's like, oh, the guy owner, his name mm-hmm. is Gary. It's like, oh, some photos. They're very beautiful. We go in. It's blasting. Uh, contemporary Christian music, and not like nice like guitar stuff. It was like he is loud, like really loud. And then the whole thing is is not just Christian art. And by the way, that's fine. But it's it's specifically like evangelical Christian art designed to convert you. You know, it's like there's like Jesus, and it's like if you accept Jesus into your heart, there's a plaque underneath. And Gary says, yeah, so you can, so you stay here. Oh, by the way, there's just some art in the walls. It's like a museum. You know, you just take a look around. Anyway, here's the bed, and here's the other thing. And by the way, this is a very garish, very garish <laughs> house. This is like... Yeah. Um uh and uh and there's almost no furniture. There's like no curtains on any of the windows. There's some only some like leather couches on the middle of like mm. a bare wooden floor, extremely uncomfortable. Mm. And then everywhere, just everywhere, there was like one of the bedrooms, two of the bedrooms had enormous crucifixes, wooden oh crucifixes. <laughs> I'm not talking on the wall. I'm talking like the kind of crucifix like from Passion of the Christ that he had to carry around on his back, like yeah. a literal, like full size crucifixes, and then there were like pamphlets, and there was like all of this stuff where it was like it was a conversion house. It mm. was designed to get you mm-hmm. to go and come away, and very nice guy. And here, well, here's the other part: is we started looking around the property, big property, and there was like this this old like horse stable on the property with like concrete and like horseshoes, and it clearly didn't match the house. And we were like, huh. what the hell is this? And so we spent the weekend trying to figure out, like, who is this guy and what is this? Yeah. Like, because everything was from different time periods. It was like, this guy made his money 10 years ago. But the house was clearly built in the 90s. They're like, the shower was made of, of rocks. Does that make sense? It was like this yes. old decor. Yes. And then there was this, this horse stable um, that, like, didn't make sense with the rest of the property. Huh. We spent the whole time. We were like, okay, we think he bought this place, but then he got a bad divorce and his wife left. And so, but then he became Christian and then he started putting this art up. And so, this is, you know, and so this whole mystery. Yes. And then he finally came back and, and we were like, 
we're like, what? <laughs> Gary, what's the, yeah, uh, yes. oh, yeah, we love saying, what's the history of the property? And he's like, oh, this used to be a Jewish day camp. Oh. In the fifties, and oh. then this one guy built the built the house, you know, during like a housing boom, and then he lost it, and then I bought it, and then et cetera, you know, and and it was this bizarre experience, you know, yeah. we were out yeah. in the mountains with like uh, where we were assaulted by Christian art and stuff, huh. and it was not an experience that you get at the Marriott. Absolutely, you know? yep. It was uh, the Westin doesn't provide it. <laughs> it was a unique time. <laughs> And it's a good story. Yeah. And it's a really good story. Uh, that was a, ju- that was a journey. Program. I was like, what's where we... But then the problem with Airbnb uh. is my friend was like, who is Jewish? My friend uh. was like, I don't know what to rate him. And I'm like, <laughs> you have to write in the review. You have to write in the review. No, There's know. an enormous amount of Christian art <laughs> in the room. And it made yeah. us uncomfortable. It did make them... Un- it made a couple of my friends uncomfortable because they were not... You know, they, yeah, they yeah. felt a little bit, you know, under attack. Sure. Uh, by, or whatever. They, they were like, it's not okay... For it to not be warned, but they were terrified. My friend was terrified that he was going to get a bad rating yep. back from the guy, so he gave him five stars and he said, "Wonderful stay." And I was like, "This is a this is yep. you know there's there's a lot uh, of good and bad in this story." I think. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but but the ratings thing is true. Like people lie on ratings. Yeah. I mean, I've. You know, let's talk about Yelp. I've been to some terrible restaurant. I'm like, who gave these stars out? <laughs> it's yeah. disgusting, right? Ooh. It's the same story. It's, you know, people are not, you know, they're like, yeah, whatever, five. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you get an experience. But, but again, that's out, out in, the, in the woods where there used to be a day camp. Um, yeah. And, and, I, and I think it, it has a role, like out in Palm Springs or, you know, yeah. resort places up by Tahoe. You know, um, those are places that, that that's a normal part of living out there. Yeah, right. It's it's, it's are, the it's been do. around for like forever and ever. So it, you know that that's another that, put that on your check. If you want to go out to to uh, you know a resort area out in the in the go for it. Yeah, find a place. You know they they they've got it down to a science out there, right? Yeah. They know how to do it. Uh, in the city, not so much. I mean, that's yeah. not not so helpful. And the, and we don't have as much of that understanding of you know what the hell's going on. Why? And there's always the roller bags. You mentioned the roller bags. That's yeah. like. The number one thing that drives people crazy, apparently, is is the really? ro- the rolly bags because they just I don't know I guess they make a noise and it's yeah you can hear it right it's it like, was like boom yeah boom, yeah boom, especially boom, with boom. stairs yeah. right I mean it's yeah. just you know it drives you wild drives you mad so um it, yeah it just seems like it's a balance of like yep. the there's the good there's so much good that comes out of the service but yep. then it's like you want to see that company and that community that is that is sort of using the service and is built around it and yep. and the city in general like uh you know really take ownership of the effects that it has yep. and and be a good neighbor yeah you know? yeah i mean i think part of what what you know gets bothers me so much is like just admit that there's a problem. I mean, why, why are we pretending that that this <laughs> yeah. is? I mean, come on, you guys, you're all smart people. Like, do better. You can do it. Yeah. Um, you're smart. <laughs> come on, <and> you're, guys, <laughs> you can get it together. I, I have faith in you, <laughs> that in your ability to to get your shit together a little bit and and just own up to what what's yeah. going on here. I mean, you know, we we have asked that of companies throughout history right when something new starts happening we're like no no that that's that's a bad side effect we need to to figure that out do you you see them getting it at all i mean you see progress at all from Uh, from i mean they uh you know i think they're slowly coming around to the fact that they're just gonna have to get it Mm -hmm. uh that you know i don't know if if 
you know, they've had a, an epiphany uh, or whatever. But I, but I think they're they're starting to realize, and and I think a lot of these um, you know sharing companies are starting to realize like we're we're better off in the long run if we can find a way to to kind of play nice and and not piss off everybody everywhere we go. Yeah, uh, there you know there there's a way to for us to stick around in the long haul. Uh, by by kind of playing nice a little bit. Yeah, it's nobody. That, that's the thing is that it's not anybody trying to you know shut down yeah. these yeah. services. Right. It's just saying like, hey, be you know like like uh, play nice with me and I'll play nice with you. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much yeah, for coming yeah, it's on. Been great. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for talking to us about this. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you once again to Roy for coming on the show. Thank you guys for listening. And that is it this week for Adam Ruins Everything, the podcast. We will be back in two weeks, so please tune in then. Our producer is Shara Morris. You can also support Adam Ruins Everything by telling a friend about our podcast. Please do. And by subscribing to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe because I've heard that that helps out with algorithms algorithms love it when you rate and people use these algorithms to listen to podcasts. Can you imagine such a world? Your grandma would be so shocked if she found out this is what you were doing with audio. But hey, it's 2017 and we're going wild. Again, Adam Ruins Everything is currently in the off season, but you can find clips and full episodes at truetv.com slash Adam Ruins Everything and the Watch True TV app. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.